0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Lord, Glory be to you, Christ. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you in my fa- by my Father in heaven, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, praise, praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When one looks at all the lessons that are appointed for today, I see a common theme running through all of them, and that is the dynamic of correction, repentance, and reconciliation. In Ezekiel, we see that presented in what seems to be a rather stern or harsh way. God is saying to Ezekiel, you are the watchman. If Something is amiss, you need to warn the people. And if you don't, their blood, because they're going to die, is going to be on your head. And yet, the passage goes on to say, but as the Lord lives, I do not like, I do not want the death of the wicked. Turn from your sins and be saved correction, repentance, or turning, and reconciliation. Be saved, be restored in our relationship with God. In our Romans passage, Paul takes a much more soft approach. He talks about the law of love and points out how rather than trying to follow 613 different commandments from the Old Testament, that transformed heart that we have in Christ allows us to live by the law of love. All of the commandments are fulfilled, he says, in the one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So he starts in that way. And yet, in the same passage... He then reminds people that the time is short. Turn away from the from the uh, things of darkness. Turn back to God always. You know, Paul, this is the Paul who wrote in an earlier chapter in Romans about how uh, he didn't always do what he knew was right or even wanted to do, but instead he did the very thing that he hated. Fourteen years after his conversion, he's still struggling with that sin. And so he reminds people that from time to time we need correction, we need to repent again, we need to return to God and be restored in our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another. When we get to the gospel lesson, we find some very practical advice. If somebody has wronged you, go to that person, individually, personally, one-on-one. But if that doesn't get anywhere, then take a couple of witnesses that can corroborate what uh, the issues are and and help to bring uh, repentance and reconciliation with this other person. And only then, if that doesn't work, you take it to the whole community for everyone to then deal with. It's interesting that Matthew is the only place in all four Gospels that contains the word ecclesia, which is translated church. And then only twice when he tells, Peter on uh, after his confession. Uh, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will found my church. That's the only other place where that is found in all four Gospels. And scholars have, have uh, suggested that Matthew in addition to the basic proclamation of the gospel was really writing a kind of handbook for the life of the church his church. And so we find this very simple kind of advice being given. We might wonder though about the need for it Because after all, the church is supposed to be the body of Christ. We're supposed to be reflecting the light of Christ. We're supposed to be living by the law of love. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that though he would break the power of sin in his cross and resurrection and pour out his spirit, to come into our lives and begin that transformation within us as well, that the old man Adam would still hang on. And there would be a level at which all of us would need to struggle with that sin that still clings to us for the rest of our lives. We are never finally perfected until the Lord comes again and that final purification takes place so with that in mind he offers advice that I have found personally never to fail in fact most of the time I've never had to take anything beyond that first level because people who are in a relationship with Christ, do have that something within that if they have hurt somebody, really would like to say, I'm sorry, and to restore the relationship. Whatever hurts, whatever angers, whatever uh, insults uh, may have happened, uh, when we come together in that one-on-one seeking to be restored in relationship, there is that tendency in the other to want to, yes, respond and say I'm sorry and be reconciled. Sometimes it has to go to the second level and that can be helpful from time to time. I have to admit, however, by the time you get to that third level, when it's to be brought to the whole church, it can be very painful and it can be very difficult, and it's not always guaranteed to work in terms of bringing repentance and reconciliation, especially in today's world where no one can correct anyone without offense. It didn't always used to be that way, but we have become such rugged individualists and so intent on our personal freedom that we do not want to take correction from anyone under any circumstances, no matter how it's offered. So it doesn't always work. And yet, I don't see that necessarily as a failure. Because if a person has become that disruptive to the life of the community, for the community to tolerate it for too long, is to invite the entire community to become dysfunctional. It is better to let the person go. The church will be healthier because of it. Fortunately, in my experience, that has only happened once or twice in 40 years. And I thank the Lord for that. And the reason it's only been once or twice is because we started as Jesus, said, with the one-on-one, appealing heart to heart. It really works. It really works. I'd like to leave us today with a kind of modern parable that was uh, first described or articulated by a German philosopher of the early 19th century by the name of Arthur Schopenhauer. He was not a believer and so he, his point was a little different, but the image I think is very powerful for us and we can kind of use it in understanding our life in Christ. He tells the story of a, a, a pod of porcupines and um, winter's coming on and the weather's beginning to get colder and so they begin to move inside. And as things get colder and colder, they huddle up closer and closer together. The problem is that the more they huddle up close to one another, the more they begin to prick each other with their quills. And so they have to move apart. And then of course, when they move apart, they begin to get cold again. So they begin to move back in closer. And then they start pricking each other with their quills again. yeah, you know, life for these porcupines becomes kind of a dilemma. I think it's a real helpful image for our life in Christ in the church because the closer we get to Christ, the closer we become with our fellow Christians. And the closer we get to our fellow Christians, the more we tend inadvertently, for the most part, to hurt one another in one way or another. So in this place where we would think that there should not be strife because it is the church is the very place that sometimes we find strife almost in contrast to the rest of the world who are like porcupines that are just freezing out there on their own. It's precisely because we have come together and because of that sin that still weighs upon us that we end up in that uh, situation where we cause hurt or insult or whatever. And so it's important to learn how to say, ouch, how to say, I'm sorry, how to say, I want to be back in relationship. I want to find healing and wholeness. That's why in the church, correction should never be stern or harsh or scolding, but done with humility in the recognition that we are all sinners before God and that that weight of sin still clings even though the power of sin has ultimately been broken by Christ. We need to rely on that strength and that transforming spirit that God has given to us in Christ in order to turn a different way, to find that healing and reconciliation that in itself reflects the light of Christ and the power of God to transform, to heal, and to make whole. The more we are able to do that, the more we will reflect that light of Christ that changes the world. Amen.